0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, March 21st, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. It's a common claim that immigration imposes significant costs on American taxpayers. A new Cato Institute white paper shows that immigrants have a more positive net fiscal impact than that of native-born Americans in most cases. The paper is entitled The Fiscal Impact of Immigration in the United States. Alex Narasta is a co-author. We spoke last week. When we talk about immigration, and the wisdom of allowing more or uh, restricting immigration, fiscal effects matter for the debate. So when people say, hey, the fiscal effect is negative for immigration, what usually undergirds that analysis?
1: Well, what that means is that immigrants consume more in government benefits than they pay in taxes in the United States. And that is an argument used by a lot of folks to oppose immigration liberalization. And it has a lot of appeal because the U.S. government is quite large. There's a large welfare state. There's public education. There are myriad government services and benefits. And the perception or the, the conclusion could be if immigrants consume more in benefits than they pay in taxes, then they are increasing the deficit, increasing government debt ultimately, and are imposing a cost on other taxpayers. So even if there is net beneficial economic outcomes from having these folks here, it could be a loser when it comes to the effect on government budgets, and that has
0: an enormous impact. So whatever the benefits, the fiscal impact, if it's negative, and and I think a lot of people who oppose immigration would want to be able to point to a number and say, hey, this This demonstrates that uh, american current American taxpayers would be on the hook for supporting immigrants uh, in the United States so when when people like that do that kind of analysis, I guess what are the problems that you tend to find in the analysis that they're doing?
1: So there aren't a whole lot of analyses like that that find a negative effect. And if they do find a negative effect, it's very small. Um, Most of the research out there finds that immigrants have a very small net positive impact on federal budgets, or they basically pay their own way. And the reason why that is, is that immigrants tend to come in their 20s and 30s after the end of public schooling, and they're not eligible for a lot of the welfare benefits that are for younger people in the United States and due to other rules, they're not eligible to welfare benefits until they've been here for for at least five years legally. And then when they get here, they work. They work at a little bit higher rate than uh, native-born Americans at the same age. And so they're immediate taxpayers without having come in or having been born here and consumed government benefits from a young age um, until they start working in their 20s. So for that reason... Um, They tend to be a little bit more positive, even if their income and tax payments are a little bit lower.
0: And for illegal immigrants, people who've come here without the proper paperwork, um, they're not going to collect the benefits associated with certain uh, payments that they make on their payroll taxes.
1: Yeah, that's right. Illegal immigrants don't have access to uh, Social Security or Medicare. Uh, or the vast majority of all welfare programs. There are a handful of small programs that some illegal immigrants are eligible for. Um, some states, for instance, allow some Medicare Medicaid slots for uh, illegal immigrants. Uh, pregnant um, Ill- illegal immigrants giving birth in the United States have access to emergency Medicaid. And then there is the WIC program, the Women's Infant and Children program, that uh, illegal immigrant kids in schools have access to. But on top of that, they also, of course, all people living in the United States have access to public education. So an illegal immigrant kid um, in public schools, um, that is being covered by the taxpayer. But they, in terms of other benefits, uh, consume vastly less. On the other hand, they are also uh, generally lower educated, have lower incomes, and thus, because of that, uh, pay lower taxes as a result.
0: So your analysis is, is tackling this sort of fiscal question regarding immigration head on. What did you find and uh, what was unique about the analysis?
1: Well, what we find is that uh, immigrants at every education level are a net positive in the United States, but especially so based on the age where they come. So the the sweet spot for the age is between 20 and 30, depending on what their level of education ultimately will be. Higher educated immigrants who come at a younger age, uh, in that age range, uh, will pay a lot more in taxes than they will receive in benefits. Lower educated people, less so. But what we do find is that, for instance, a high school dropout uh, immigrant who comes to the United States at the age of 25 has a net fiscal impact of $216,000 positive in net present value terms over the next 30 years. So that is a large net benefit on all levels of government um, in the United States. And when you include that immigrant's descendants in the United States, it reduces the benefit, but it's still positive. It brings it down to positive uh, $57,000 and that is uh, much more positive than it is for native-born Americans, where the native-born American at that age has an impact of negative thirty-two thousand dollars. So it's it's quite a big difference in terms of the fiscal. Uh, impact when you're comparing uh, immigrant high school dropouts to native-born high school dropouts. And then the differences are broadly similar across all education groups. Uh, immigrants in every education group have a more positive fiscal impact um, than native-born Americans do.
0: Now, that would seem to run counter, at least to the policy solutions that are offered by people who sort of want to thread the needle when it comes to being supportive of immigration. So many Uh, especially conservatives, uh, Republicans, say, hey, look, what we want are skilled immigrants, people with uh, high-powered degrees to come to the U.S. and contribute to the economy. What would you say to those folks uh, looking at your data and accepting it?
1: So, I'd say that is a great argument for expanding uh, high skilled immigration. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of folks are now opposed to even high skilled immigration, but the fiscal benefits of highly skilled. Uh, Immigrants coming here in their 20s are gigantic. Uh, An an immigrant who comes here in their late 20s, who has a postgraduate degree, can be expected, uh, the present value of his net tax contributions are about $1.3 million. So that is an enormous fiscal contribution. Um, to the United States uh, government that offsets uh, some deficit spending on other groups and on native-born Americans. So there's enormous economic gains outside of the fiscal effects, but the fiscal effects are positive enough that it should at least turn the heads of a few policymakers in Washington, D.C. who are wrestling with multi-trillion dollar
0: deficits. For native-born Americans whose fiscal impact on the public fisc is uh negative <laughs> that would seem to be an argument for saying hey well let's trade some native born americans f- for immigrants
1: some people would say that facetiously i um you know don't think yeah, i i don't think we should be trading you know tr- trading people like their goods and sur- like you know like their goods but um if um native born americans had the net fiscal impact uh, that immigrants do, um, the budget situation would be largely uh, reversed. Um, Immigrants, due to lower consumption of government benefits, which in partly is due to the age that they arrive, uh, but also due to slightly higher uh, rates of working in the economy um, and um, higher taxes paid and lower benefits received. Uh, if native born Americans mimicked that, we'd be in a much better fiscal situation than we currently are.
0: Alex Nurassa is co author of the new Cato White Paper, The Fiscal Impact of Immigration in the United States, available today. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.